foot enthusiasts, minimal footwear lovers, or anyone trying to fix your own feet, I'm heading to North Carolina this May to lead a live, in-person, three-day retreat all about feet. I'm going to be at the Art of Living Retreat Center, which is up in the mountains of North Carolina. It's so beautiful there. And are you ready to hear what I'm calling it? The retreat is called Healing Your Soul, a stepwise approach to building forever functional feet. That's so good, right? If you want to learn all about how to take care of the muscles, bones, joints, fascia, and nerves of the feet, and learn how strong feet and ankles relate to sustainable hips and knees, this event is for you. In addition to the classroom and movement time with me, you're on retreat. So there's delicious meals, a nature-rich campus that you can explore on foot, and plenty of time for rest and relaxation, all included. A retreat is a perfect way to care for yourself in the moment, but also in the future. You are coming to learn a massive toolkit of information. So whether you're a competitive runner, a dynamic ager, or a healthcare practitioner, this is a weekend full of movement for you and your feet. And like I said, you're gonna leave with a toolkit and a big swag bag that you can use to train your feet for life. For more information about the movement sessions, the food, the center, head to my website, nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat. That's nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat. This is Katie B, and you are about to listen to an early episode of my podcast. Now the show is called The Move Your DNA Podcast, and you can find all episode transcripts and the show notes to this episode at nutritiousmovement.com slash podcast. Enjoy. <laughs> that one was surprisingly literal, Katie. <laughs> That's as well as what came to mind. Hey there, welcome to the Katie Says Podcast. This is the first of a series of special episodes we're calling Between the Lines, where Katie Bowman and Stephanie Domet explore the deeper messages in and connections between Katie's books. I am Katie Bowman, as you probably all know, biomechanist and author of a lot of books, but Move Your DNA, right? Especially Move Your DNA is kind of like the big one. And I'm Stephanie Domet, and it's my first time here. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you, Katie. I'm stoked. Yeah, I'm really excited you're here. I met you. A Should we tell people how we met? Yeah, let's talk about that. What was your exact position? I mean, you're a journalist. Yeah, I was the host of the Drive Home Show on a public radio station, public broadcaster, CBC, mm -hmm. in Canada, in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Yeah. You were visiting. Yeah, and so you interviewed me for your radio show when I was in Halifax, oh, a couple, few years ago, time flies. I think maybe four years ago. Yes, right when Move Your DNA came out. And I did a lot of interviews for Move Your DNA, but yours was my favorite because oh. you are clearly an experienced journalist, which makes a huge difference. You know, you're, you are extracting deep connections in, I don't know how long your interview was, three minutes, two minutes. A little longer than that, maybe six. Well, six minutes versus an hour, right? Yeah. Like you get down to, so I, so you, to me, are the perfect person to host this series of Between the Lines, this kind of Between the Lines series within a podcast series, mm -hmm. because you are able to, you have that skill. This is your skill set right now, which you're going to walk us through. You're going to walk me through, right? This is for me <laughs> <laughs> that you're doing this. 
It's just it's gravy for the listeners. Yeah, this is uh, this is for you. Yeah. So for me, I'm I'm also a writer of books, and as I, as you say, I'm a, a former radio journalist. And I wouldn't say I'm a movement geek the way Danny Hemmett, your usual co-host, uh, posits herself. But like her, I am chronically curious. So I think that this is going to be a good time for us, and hopefully for everybody listening. All right, let's do it. So over the next few months, we're going to dive deeply into your books, Katie. And we'll talk about each one in turn, trying to get at some of the deeper messages in them and also the connections that do exist between them. And I thought, though, we should start with a conversation just about the fact of these books, of which mm. you have written eight. I, I know. I pause at that. Eight. I was like, really? Is it eight? And I always seem to not be able to recall one or two of them. But yeah, I believe I am told it is eight. Why? Why write books at all? I mean, it's a lot of work to write a book. Mm hmm. You know, the first book just occurred to me one day, you know what I should do is write a book. And and I love books. I am I am someone who has gathered most of my knowledge from books versus experiences. I would be holed up in not even in my house, in my in my nook, in my room, in my house with a book. And through books I was able to glean a certain understanding of the world. So it's probably a natural medium. I, I've transitioned away from that definitely over the last few years, gathering my information through books. But I have such a natural I have such a natural relationship with books that it was probably the best place for me to flesh out my own thoughts. You know, it's one thing to casually talk over eight hours to a group of people. You know, it's another thing to be limited in word count. It makes you drill down your own understanding of your own field. And so it's almost like my books are my workbooks. Hmm. You know, people can read them, certainly, and extract from them. But what you're looking at was the end result of me forcing myself to explain to myself or someone or to my editor anyway, where she's like, this is not clear no one would really say that during a verbal piece because it becomes clear through eight hours of rambling. And if I can't articulate something in words and I was like, just watch me do this with my arm or it's easier to teach something through demonstration, through you and me being in the same room and me putting on my hands to like push you into a particular position. It's much more challenging to write it in 80 words. And so I find that I probably wrote books just for myself to be able to hone my own message more clearly. So that's why books. I mean, you talk about, you know, being kind of bounded by by a word count. You've gotten mm -hmm. around that by writing eight books. I'm so sneaky. <laughs> yeah. You really are sneaky, Katie. There's no limit to the number of books you can write. It, you know, my body of work is large because the ideas are very large. The ideas, you know, when you're talking about one recipe, it could be kind of small when you're trying to explain human things, biological things, and you're saying that, hey, the body has 300 moving parts or axes. And then your then your other book is like, no, wait, there's a trillion moving axes <laughs> in the body. You, your word count rapidly goes up. So yes, there are a lot of books, but also I not only need the number of books to cover the vastness of the idea, the portal into this idea, you know, the idea of why movement is so important is maybe only interesting to 
chronically curious movement teachers, people Mm. already moving. For that population, I could have probably written just one really thick book. How do you describe the importance of movement to someone who has almost no relationship with movement and maybe hasn't because they've been in chronic pain their entire life, where the constant, you should move more, move more, why don't you move more, start exercising already, propaganda that's that's coming at you really every time you go to your doctor's office, every time you go to the store and look at the magazine racks. I mean, we have enough of you need to move exercise messaging. The accessibility is very small. And so I wrote a book about foot pain, you know, and, and here are some things that your feet should do. And that book was not to appeal to those who are interested in you know, going across the monkey bars and walking 40 miles and living a movement-rich life, it was someone who who was like, I'm like not getting the full experience that I'd like to have. Like, I can't walk through my house without cringing in pain and I'm taking these medications. And so it, it made the move more message accessible to someone who didn't think of themselves as having symptoms of a movement deficit, who just had this tiny issue. And so I've written a lot of books to increase the accessibility of my message. I'm trying to make it as inclusive as possible. And so you'll see as you read my body of work, as we'll talk about it too, this is one of the things I'm excited about this. As we're talking about different books, each book is a slightly different shaped portal. There's different keys. We are not all the same. We are not motivated by the same thing. Yet there are some common threads we share being all, you know, all belonging to this human beings population. And, and so the the books are different keyholes so that you as a person can find the book that matches your key. So that's why. So, I mean, I I guess I'm going to have to write a trillion books (laughs) or I'm trying to find like, you heard it here first. Exactly. (laughs) Starting now. So I, I, I'm just trying to find these really general keyholes where maybe if you guys know how keys work, which is another fascinating topic on its own, to find kind of <laughs> Did a... Did you want to get into that too? <laughs> no, no. I'm going to write a book about it though. A skeleton yeah. keyhole where large groups of people could all fit into one book. But that book changes you as you pass through it. And then the other books now align more with you. So that's 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 how they work together. So I was going to ask who are your books for, but I mean, what would you say to that? Well, they're all for everyone, but the order at which you go through is going to depend on on your key. Yeah. And I know that's a question you get all the time. Oh, yeah. And it's an unanswerable <laughs> which question. Which book should I start with? <laughs> yeah. And and it's it is the book that matches or aligns most currently with who you are right now. I would not expect every book to resonate with every person because I'm not writing all these books just for you, the one person. I'm writing them, again, they're my notebooks. You are seeing an evolution of an, it's not really an evolution of idea. You're seeing it, you're entering an idea and then you are watching the concepts expand beneath you. If you've ever moved through a science or ever moved through mathematics training program, you start with these tiny nuts and bolts that are easy to grasp, and then they start configuring, and then you're like, okay, this is more complicated now. And so so these tiny nuts and bolts, uh, grasping them are often necessary 
to assemble the next set of ideas and the next set of ideas. So nothing is really, it's a journey. <laughs> it's a journey through the book. So I've written them. I've written them for everyone, but I am also always thinking, you know, you have to line up with, I mean, we, we are a consumer based society and movement is not a science that we're fluent in. It's not a knowledge set that we're very fluent in. And we're also, we're a sedentary consumer based society or culture. So we are used to, if we go to the bookstore, I don't want to be barefoot. I'm not going to read whole body barefoot. Like I, I have my, my abs, I, where's my book for my abs or whatever, you know? So, so there I'm trying to put them in, in the language that we are already comfortable working with around movement. I'm trying to change the language around exercise, but the fact of the matter is everyone knows exercise more than they know. Did I get it right? Did I get the answer mm-hmm. right? <laughs> is that what that ding was? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Ding, ding. Right, Katie Bowman. Thank you. Yeah. I guess I don't need to belabor the example. Like that's, I've, I've written them and probably will continue to write at least a few more to make the ideas more accessible. Yeah. Because I, I'm struck often by the answer that you give when somebody wants, you know, asks a, a very specific question about their very specific body on this mm. podcast. The answer you most frequently give is, I, I don't know. Yeah, sure. But that doesn't mean there's no answer. It just means I can't answer that. You've got to dig in and kind of answer for yourself. Well, exactly. Like the purpose of my books are for everyone, the it, for everyone to be able to see how they are themselves moving. I can see how you move. We're so used to going to the person who's in charge of the movement I understanding and to tell me what I need what I'm doing wrong and what I need to do now and push this here and they do all the work of knowing for you. We have outsourced not only movement, we've outsourced knowing. And that model where a therapist has what you need and because your knowing doesn't increase, that you get better by engaging with them more frequently, that model is not really a sustainable one because it depends on someone paying that therapist for a long period of time. Most people don't have copious amount of incomes to get the frequency when we're talking about movement to get the frequency down. And so, uh, you know, a lot of movement teachers are really great and they're giving exercise homework, right? So it's like, okay, we're doing this right now. Some of them, like some exercise models are you come here to do the exercise with me. Okay. See you tomorrow, right? Like they're providing a space for you to come in and engage, but you needing to come in and engage over and over again is the model by which you are going to move. Then there are movement teachers who are like, okay, this class is not only to lead you through this bout of movement, but to show you some things that so that you can see how you're moving, so that you can be moving as you are in this class more frequently. And that's the model. Like we have uh, graduates that have gone through our program. And that's, to me, really a very important distinction between just going to class to get moved during that period and someone who is not only helping you move for that period of time, but but giving you different ways and lessons so that you can increase the frequency when you're not engaged in that movement space, that space in your life that you've carved outside. And then there's this next level, which is what I'm trying to offer through my books, which is not only 
having a class space or a time for exercise, someone showing you how you're moving, someone teaching you how to see how you're moving Uh so that you can move differently. But then also, what are the lifestyle components, the way of thinking about how your whole entire life is shaped so that your environment is facilitating movement? So my books are not exercise books per se in that run through these 30 exercises, you know, three times a week. It's more like we need to think about our entire life. You're going to learn where you wear your hips all the time. And here's where you can wear them more effectively for X and Y and Z. So, so that's, that's my point of writing them is so that you no longer need, you you no longer are outsourcing knowing you've Mm -hmm. done the work to know. So when you call and ask me about my X, Y, Z, I would say, well, I would point you here so that you can assess yourself. I'm on a radio. I can't, I can't see you. I don't like I'm a diet, like it's going to a diet. Like, what should I eat? It's like, it depends. Who are you? What are your blood panels? Like, what are your symptoms? What is your life like right now? Like, there's so much that goes into that, that I'm uh, less about, here's my five moves for X, Y, and Z. Here's where you can start knowing about your own body, how it works, and how to move it differently if you want a different outcome. You're more about shifting the paradigm. That is definitely one component, right? But I think that the person isn't interested in the paradigm being shifted. So someone asked me, what is your purpose or what is your mission statement for your work? And I was like, that's a great question because I am trying to shift the academic understanding of exercise and movement, but that's directed towards academics. That's the way that that trickles down. So I'm working on that level. I'm working with movement teachers overall to kind of get them to not only shift their personal behavior, which would be them at this next level that I'll talk about, but them going, hey, is your movement practice one that perpetuates the exercise model or or, are you aware of the movement model over here? You know, so like then you're shifting the professional level and I'm definitely doing lots of outreach towards that. And then there's just right direct to the individual who is supposed to be the recipient of both academic knowledge and professional knowledge, right? That end user of both of those things who maybe could be doing a lot more themselves if they had more knowledge. So I'm really working on three different levels and have objectives for each different level, all of which I would consider my work. And I think that, I mean, I just put it all out via one channel. If you're an academic, you're going to pick up on certain aspects of it. If you are someone with low, you know, back pain that kept you from moving and you realize that there was a glute muscle that should have been there that wasn't there, you're going to be interacting with that same material, but in a different way. So everyone has a different set of intention and understanding or knowledge that's based on all other components of their life. And they will each extract something unique from this one body of work that I put out. So the the body of work is individualized to the recipient because you can only extract from it what you can, you know, so mm-hmm. you only get the information that your keys are lining up with. I don't see the distinction really between those three levels, but I understand that those three levels are going on because some person with a low back thing will have a particular understanding of the world where my academic arguments are the thing that help them get more pelvic listing in their life. The academic uh-huh. under level will make more sense to them than the exercise level, because maybe they weren't an exerciser, where someone who is only done fitness and they love fitness, they'll be able to extract 
the fitness culture elements, but the other cultural aspects will fly by. And that's fine. That's why you can go through my body of work multiple times. You don't, you don't need to go farther. You need to go deeper into <laughs> this broad amount that there is because you will change as you pass through each one. And thus, when you pass through the rest again, you will extract new things. So there's just there's a lot going on. And you have felt the need increasingly to offer this kind of, we've been thinking of it as a kind of book club style conversation mm-hmm. about yeah. your books. Yeah. Why is that? Why do you want to talk about them? Can't your books, you know, speak for themselves? I think that they could speak for themselves. I feel like a lot of the accessibility, meaning like that you perceive that these books are for you, that's thwarting often what you can extract from the books. And not everyone's a book reader, right? There's a lot of people who listen to this podcast. I mean, we're close to 2 million downloads, and which is a lot. But I would say, I mean, I've met with a lot of people who've come in for various things and I got to listen to the podcast. I've never read a book, though, you know, and you're going, wow, okay, that's which is totally fine. So I think some people are they like they like Instagram. They like Instagram learning, right? They like that short burst or whatever. Scan for two minutes. Take one big takeaway to change their lives. And then some people love audio. They just like this idea that they can take a walk or maybe go to bed and hear us chat about these things. And that's a really easy way for them to grasp and learn and apply. So I think the book club was to serve two two purposes. One, to help people who have read the books maybe make some links between the books that need to be facilitated by me. It's everything's very clear to me being very, I mean, it's all passed through my mind. So I, there are a lot of connections between all of the books that I see that are maybe more implicit than explicit. They are, they are noted in a, a sentence or a short paragraph. And if you read a book and skim it over, you know, like, have you ever gone to a movie with someone else and you come out and you're like, wow, that was amazing. Did you see how they took the book of Job and like expanded into these characters. And the other person's like, wow, like I just, I just like the action of that movie. Like we're not all grasping the same things from everything. So I thought that I could use this podcast within a podcast as a time to do some of that work for you because I'm more fluent in those languages because I wrote them. So like to connect the different books to people, which would help or for the listener, if they didn't want to, read any of the books, be able to go a little bit deeper in the material just by just by hearing different connections, whether or not you've actually read the words, I think is helpful to cement the various theories that are presented. And then for someone listening who does, who is asking, which exercise do I need? Which book do I read? Very challenging to answer thousands of emails about <laughs> that. But you can do the work through listening to go, ah, I get it. That's my key. That sentence resonated with me. That's where I start. So to help people, to help direct them better to this very large body of knowledge that's there for the taking that you can get at your library, right? So it's not, I don't need people to go out and buy a bunch of books, but for people who are asking a ton of questions, it would be more helpful for them if they read the books, you know, or they, they figured out where to, to put their time and attention. So that's, that's what this purpose is now. All right. Let's do a, like a word association lightning round. Oh my gosh. Are you serious? Are you ready? Did you practice? Wait. No, is it just a single word or what do I say? I've never done a word association. You just blurt out whatever comes to mind. I'm going to say the title of one of your books and you 
It doesn't have to be a single word. It could be a sentence. Oh my god. Okay. It's fine. Okay. You're okay be so totally it's fine. not. I know you're not a, a word. A smart and creative person. I'm not creative at all. I'm very much like, what's the rule? Do I get one word or can I say like a, a fragment, sentence fragment or a sentence? What do I get? <laughs> I mean, you can you can sing a verse if that makes you feel better. Okay. All right. Yeah. So there's no rules. No okay. rules. Does okay. that blow your mind a little? It makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, it does. Totally. Okay. Yeah, no, you can't get this wrong. There will not be a test on the test. Oh, geez. All right. Okay. You ready? Assume yes. the position. All right. Whole body barefoot. Technical. Movement matters. Inspiring. Move your DNA. Helpful. Don't just sit there. Get up. (laughs) (laughs) That one was surprisingly literal, Katie. (laughs) (laughs) That's as what came to mind. (laughs) Uh, Diastasis recti. Ooh, complete. Mm. Uh, Simple steps to foot pain relief. Uh, Layperson. Who am I forgetting? Alignment matters. Ooh, alignment matters. Lost child. <laughs> Not only am I going to ask the question, I'm going to tell <laughs> answer you it answer. too. Dynamic aging. Important. Mm. And there you go. You passed. Yay. Yay. Ding. Where's my <laughs> ding now? I'm exactly. Where is your ding? Okay. Let's talk about where you're going to be. You're heading to Holland this week. What's happening there? I am, I'm teaching the program that we offer, which is closed now. So we have students who train with us for a couple of years to be able to learn how to teach the correctives. Hmm. And they really know the correctives in depth to help people move their bodies and, and help people see how they move their bodies so they can move their bodies differently. It's a, a week, their, their training concludes with a week-long training. So I'm going to Europe to finish out that week for one group of students and then also for the public. I'm so excited about this. I know Danny and I have talked about it before, but we are doing a, there is a a beach, I think it's like a pancake and coffee house, an organic pancake and coffee house on the beach. Amazing. That's having a book signing because a uh, whole body barefoot is in Dutch. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. And... We'll be doing a press slash book signing slash minimal footwear swap out there. So that will be happening probably just as this. When does this come out? This comes out on the 21st of June. Oh, so that already passed. So sorry that you missed it, everybody. But it was, I'm <laughs> sure, it was fantastic. really good. It was really great. Yes. All right. Where else can people find you over the next little while? I will be at the Ancestral Health Symposium in Seattle in September. But basically, I'm taking... You know what? There might be a couple exciting events coming up in September. We'll have to wait a little bit more as I'll see how those flesh out. Other public events. I'm really trying to do more back to that one-on-one teaching where I work with a smaller group, which is my roots. You know, it all kind of exploded where I'm talking to a gajillion people at once through the airwaves. And that's super wonderful. And I'm grateful for that ability. But there is something to be said for being available to a group of people live and putting my eyes on them and having them put their eyes on my elbows as I'm moving particular thing and my shoulders and my knees. So, so a lot more of that coming up and then I'll be in uh, New Zealand. I'm coming for you. So we'll see you in New Zealand here pretty soon. <laughs> uh, Katie, you're embarking on a social media break pretty soon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Starting yeah. in uh, July. 
And so in advance of that, you recently changed up your your newsletter. Do you want to say a bit about that? Yes. My social media break is not a work break, just to be clear. It's not me like, going, oh, I'd like to take some time off and just step away from that. It's actually me trying to stack my life mm. in, a, in a way that allows me to accomplish what I want to accomplish for work in a way that aligns better with really me using my own messaging, you know, for me applying the own, the principles that I am trying to educate others on. So I'm going to be using my newsletter software as a way to connect in various ways. So if you imagine like one newsletter, like I don't really subscribe to newsletters because that's not the way that that's not my keyhole for my particular key. I'm going to use my newsletter software though to send out keys of different shapes so that if social media was a key for you maybe not just because it was social media but because you like the quickness of it the easy scan of it i'm going to be playing around with with sending out these different keyholes of of outreach so that i can continue to move my message forward in a more stacked way. So if you go to nutritiousmovement.com, you can sign up to get that. Of course, you can unsubscribe at any time and then see if that works for you because it it's hopefully what I'm hoping is it's a way to to get to extract the most nutritious part of my message without some of the physical aspects, the thumbs and the shoulders and the upper spine and the neck and the eyes and then the high frequency of using all of those in the social media way so that it's we, we can get rid of the things that aren't serving us. So anyway, if you're interested, that's where you can go. Nutritiousmovement.com to sign up for the newsletter. All right. Listen, before I let you go, since we've been talking about your books and since reading can often be a very sedentary endeavor, maybe leave us with a, a way to make our reading time a bit more dynamic. That's a question that we get a lot, right? Mm-hmm. We, like you, me, and this mouse in my pocket. <laughs> We all <laughs> should we have talked about the mouse in your pocket before this? <laughs> well, you didn't ask about that book. That's going to be a different book. People will ask like they ask about a lot of things like what's the best way to XYZ that the, there's not really a best way to take in your reading as much as it is like all the other things I say very up, very up the positions in which you're reading. So read a little bit on your stomach, read a little bit on your back or I wrote a blog post for Propometrics mm-hmm. Press and all of our authors submitted various ways that they kind of move while while reading. But if you only change one thing, a very simple way would be to move the book a farther distance from your face than you normally hold it. Unless you're trying to read without your glasses, where the distance is really set by the focus of your eyes, the focus ability of your eyes. Reach your arms longer, right? That's not only going to create a different experience for your wrist, your elbow, and your shoulders, and then the muscles of your upper back as you deal with the, this length. It's going to change the muscle length in your eye. So mm. even if you're like, I don't know what else to do with my knees or my hips, I'm just going to sit here in my chair and read, fine. But move your arms a little bit farther away from you to play with relaxing your eyes a little bit. And and if I took a picture of you doing reading, you would hold the same joint angle over and over and over again. So just play with that. And you'll come back to your preferred position and just move it back out again and hang out there. So that's a, that's a quick makeover tip. 
All right. I just did it right now with a piece of paper I'm holding in my hand. It was very refreshing. It's weird. Well, and do that with your phone, too. You know what? If you're not ready for your social media break, you're going to hold it at this fixed distance. So stretch that stretch that puppy out. Get it out there for sure. All right. And uh, it's true. You did write up a whole blog post for us, and it's richly illustrated as well with photos of uh, some of us who work at Propriometrics Press and lots of our authors in various dynamic reading and writing postures. Um, So that can be found at propriometricspress.com. And we'll put a link to that in our show notes. Show notes. Also in the show notes, we'll put a link to nutritiousmovement.com where you can find Katie's books and videos, some downloadable alignment snacks, a sign-up space for that jam-packed newsletter, a way to access this very podcast as well. Katie, this has been great. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited about going forward. I think we're going to go deep, which is good. Yeah, me too. Next week, we're going to talk, or next time, I should say, we're going to talk alignment matters and movement matters, where they overlap and where they come apart. Bookends. Right? Bookends. They are. They're, They're definitely bookends. Bookend books. Ooh, I, I can't see wait. what you did there. I like what you did. <laughs> Is there going to be a lightning round every single time? Because I feel like I might need to prepare. <laughs> well, if you prepare, it's not a lightning round anymore. Oh, all right. My bad. Yeah. No, I'll come up with some other little, okay. little bit of candy. <laughs> all right. Perfect. All right. Thanks, all Katie. Right. Thanks, everyone. I'm Stephanie Domat. Thanks for listening to Between the Lines on the Katie Says Podcast. Bye. you find the general information in this podcast informative and helpful, but it is not intended to replace medical advice and should not be used as such.